This ministry has been made available by Kenneth Higgins Rama Bible Training Center, Nigeria. We're raptured or should the Lord tear his coming, we live out our lives and, and go to heaven. We're ever going to be receiving of God's word and partaking of the word of God. So we always have to have the mindset that I'm motivated and I'm going to have my ears, my spiritual ears open and be diligent about the things of God so that I can, can, can grow, so I can go higher in the word of God because we have a mandate from God as his children to live by faith. Now there are four references that I want you to mark down if you're taking notes today, we're not going to turn to each of these. We will turn to one of them in just a moment. But I want you to write these scriptures down. Scriptures that you're already aware of and you already know. But this, this mandate we have, if God has said it to us in four different places in the scripture, then we need to give heed to it. We, we, need to, we need to give an ear to it. Now the first reference is in the Old Testament. It's Habakkuk 2.4. Habakkuk 2 and verse 4, and I'll just quote a portion of that verse. It says, the just shall live by his faith. Now, all of you are familiar with that, the just. Now, when it speaks of just in that verse, who is, he, who is he writing to? Who is he talking about? The righteous, amen. Those who have received Christ Jesus and have been justified by faith. You remember what Brother Hagin used to say about justified it's just as if I had never sinned. Amen. Praise God. So we live before God in this life of faith without any of the old life having effect or hindering us or keeping us from the blessing of God. We're justified. Amen. And we're to live by faith. Now there's three other times in the scriptures where we have that phrase. One is Romans chapter 1 and verse 17. Romans chapter 1 and verse 17. Another place is Galatians 3 and verse 11. And then the fourth one, the last one, is Hebrews 10 and verse 38. All four of these scriptures give us this mandate and give us the command that as those who have been justified by faith, we must live by faith. Now let's turn to Romans chapter 1 and verse 17 and look at the, some of the benefits out of this verse. Romans 1 and verse 16. And for those of you that are just coming back in, I was talking about, as we started the class, how sometimes when you have lunch, you eat lunch, and you come back in and sit down, you may get sleepy. So if you get sleepy, just stand up and shake yourself. Just if you need to go to the back of the room, you're not, going to, you know, you're not going to cause me to be distracted. You do what you need to do so you can keep receiving God's word. Amen. If you need to change positions, change positions. Do whatever you need to do so that you can uh, get, get all that God has for you in these sessions. And like I said, let me repeat myself. You're not going to distract me whatsoever. All right. Living by faith requires diligence. Romans chapter 1 and verse 16. Everyone there? Say, so, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, 
For it is the power of God unto salvation. That's not just being born again. That's the salvation of the sozo of God that we spoke of briefly last night. That's the entire package, if you'll let me say it that way, the entire finished work of Jesus, it is the power of God unto that salvation. Not only being born again, but living our lives to the fullness of the blessing of God in that. So we're not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. Now verse 17, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from Faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Now, once again, we have this scripture in Habakkuk 2.4, Galatians 3.11, Hebrews 10.38, and then here in Romans 1 and verse 17. The just shall live. They shall order their life by faith. Now, to do this requires you and I to be diligent. I want everyone to say that with me this morning. Say I, or this morning, this afternoon. I must be diligent. I must, be diligent. I must have a mindset, must have a mindset. of diligence. Of diligence. You, you have to approach it in this way. You, you have to maintain this because if you don't, we'll see this afternoon as we go through the scriptures, you and I will become lazy in our faith. We'll become lazy in our walk with God. And we become lazy in the things of God, then we have hindrances to receiving from God. And we don't want to be that way. Amen. So let's start out today as we talk about living by faith requires diligence. Let's go to Hebrews 11 and verse 6. And this, I know all of you knew we were going to this scripture, did you not? Hebrews 11 and verse 6. Living by faith requires diligence. It says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now the word diligently here means this. It means persevering application. Persevering application. What does it mean to persevere? What, what does that mean? To persist. to persist. I'm sorry? Patience. Finishing. Amen. It means this. Let me say it in a, maybe you'll understand this. We need to keep on keeping on. Keep on keeping on. Enduring. That's good as well. Amen. All of these things do with persevering. And then the second part of the definition is application. What does application mean? Put it into practice. Put it into use. If you apply something, that means you are using it. If you've ever been to the doctor, maybe, and if, if you ever had a rash and he gives medicine, you have to apply the medicine in order to receive the benefit of that which the doctor's given you. Application means simply we're putting it into use. Now we're talking about living by faith requiring diligence here. So you and I, having made the decision to live by faith, and remember, Pastor Cowan's been talking about to us last night how it's a, a, a decision of our will. 
It's an act that you and I make. God's not going to make us live by faith. Amen. He's not going to make us live by faith. This is something you and I have decided that we are going to do. So as we've made the the decision to live by faith, now we persevere. We keep on keeping on. We endure. We finish. All these things you said are right. In other words, we continue to apply the word of God at every juncture and at every point of our life. We don't let anything keep us from that. When we come to that point in that place, then we are diligently seeking after God. Now notice what will happen when you and I are diligently seeking God. As the Bible tells us, it says that for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, in other words, we believe upon him. He is God. He is our Savior. Amen. We believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now, the word rewarder here means he is a remunerator. A remunerator. In other words, he gives back and gives over back when he comes to us. He remunerates us or he rewards us in our, in our lives by bringing to pass that which he has done for us in Christ Jesus. We've already talked about one of the ways today that he has given back to us in the fact that he has justified us. He has made you and I to be righteous or in right standing with him regardless of what our past lives were. Amen. Whether It doesn't matter whether someone lived a very good life as far as by man's standards or if they lived a very bad life by man's standards. It doesn't matter where we were. All of us were in that sinful lifestyle. We were all in that fallen nature. And God, through Jesus Christ, has justified mankind or given us, given us a place of right standing with him. Regardless of our works, regardless of what we, we had done before, all we did is simply believe upon the Lord Jesus, accept that word, take hold of it, make confession that Jesus is Lord. And when you and I did that, we were born again. Hallelujah. Amen. So he has rewarded us in the fact that by faith we heard the gospel and we simply responded to it. We diligently sought him and he brought his word to pass in our lives. Amen. So through that rewarding, God gives back. And as I said to you in the session earlier this morning, faith is what causes God to move. You're never going to have God move in your life without you being in faith. And the stronger my faith is, the more fully persuaded I am in what God has done for me in, through Jesus and through what is taught to me in the word, the more strong that faith is, the more my application of it or my believing will hold fast until I bring that into manifestation in my life. All of this is a part of diligently seeking God or persevering application. Not let anything take you and I away from what the Word tells us so that the rewarding or the remuneration can come to us. And once again, what is that remuneration? God will manifest His Word in my life. In other words, it will come from the pages of this book into a reality in my life. 
Going to be more than just a story. Going to be more than just what I heard some preacher say. Going to be more than just something I've read in a book somewhere. All those things are good and they're right and they have a proper place. But now it is alive in my life. Amen. Praise God. It's like the story with the woman at the well. All of you have heard and read the story of the woman at the well. You know, Jesus met her and asked her for a drink. And, you know, she began to talk about racial issues. Or how are you, a Jew, asking me, a Samaritan, to give you water? Plus, on top of that, he was a Jewish male. She was a female. Should not have been any comment. She was surprised even with him speaking to her, much less on those things. But anyway, she, Jesus began to minister to her. And she was just... I mean, she was blown away. She says, sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. She got that part right, did she not? Amen. So the Bible tells us she went into town and she told the people, say, hey, I've met someone that you need to meet. You need to come out here and see this man. And the word of God tells us that many people believed her or believed upon Jesus or believed God there because of what she said. And they came out there to him. They came then to Jesus. And the Bible tells us this. When they got through encountering or having that encounter with Jesus. Said now we also believe. Not because you have told me. But because we have seen him and talked to him for ourselves. Amen. So when I say it becomes more than what some preacher said or what you've heard. Those things are right and they have a place in our life. But it ultimately comes down to the place in in my life, in my walk with God, in my living by faith. That I've got to take that to the point of where I experience the rewarding of God for myself. Now, if someone else has it, I can rejoice with them and I can thank God with them and I can lift my hands and say, God, thank you for working in their, their lives. But it comes to a place in time where I've got to, re- to receive that for myself. I've got to experience him for myself and have that remuneration, that rewarding, that manifestation come to me. And all this is possible because I am diligently seeking him. Amen. You understand where we're going? We're, we're persevering in our application of the things of God so that the manifestation can come to me. Now, look with me over in 2 Peter. Chapter 1. Now remember, if you get sleepy, what are you supposed to do? Stand up. Shake yourself. Sit back down if you need to. Amen. Why why do I say that? Because we don't want to miss what God has for us. We don't want to be distracted by anything we want to get what God has. And let me commend you. You come for four hours on Friday night and you come for eight hours on Saturday. Well, that's a, that's, those are super sessions. I mean, you know, you've got to soak all this up, amen? And the only way to do that is by the Holy Ghost. To allow Him to write the Word on the tablets of your heart. Because mentally, you won't even be able to remember everything out of the natural mind that's been said. But the Holy Ghost can impart it and deposit it upon the tablets of your heart. Amen. And you may not even realize you're doing it, but because you're diligent to sit here, and you're diligent to fight off distraction, and you're diligent to keep your, keep your mind focused in that, the Holy Ghost is working in your life, and someday, somewhere down the road, it might be just this afternoon, maybe tomorrow, maybe a month, maybe next year, but at some point, because you've been diligent, and he's written it upon the tablets of your heart, he's going to bring you back out of there when you need it. Hallelujah. So, so if you get sleepy... Do what you need to do. Stand up or whatever because it's important that we get all of what God has for us. Amen. Now here in 2 Peter 1 and verse 4. Everyone look here with us today. It says, whereby 
are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. That by these, these what? These exceeding great and precious promises. That by these promises you might be partakers of the divine nature. In other words, partaking, we're experiencing. We're, 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 we're actually causing and having that experience with God. You might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Now verse 5. And beside this, giving all diligence, do what? Add to your faith. Now we've been talking about growing faith. And a faith that's coming to maturity. There are things that must be added and brought in and incorporated with your faith for it to come to a place of maturity and to come to that point in that place, as Pastor Cowan was saying to us this morning, where you have all the parts of the pie. Or I guess he actually said that last night, didn't he? Having all the pieces of the pie there. It is when we have all the pieces of the pie, we have to add these things to our faith so that we can come up to that point and to that fullness are coming to a place of fullness with God, and that comes to us by giving all diligence. Amen. So let's, let's, let's talk about it like this for a minute here today, giving an, an example here. Many of you coming from long ways off just to come to school, and you start out, I guess, on Fridays to get here. Did anyone have any issues yesterday? Did anybody have any problems, transportation or traffic or anything? Did you have any issues getting here? Yeah, so what, what did you keep doing? No matter if the traffic was bad or whatever, you kept diligently coming to school, did you not? I mean, you see what I'm saying? That's just a simple, natural example, but it, but it speaks of how we can give diligence in an area where the Spirit of God then comes alongside of that and causes our life to be complete and to be full. So besides these things, he says, giving all diligence, continue to persevere in your application of God's word. Do not be negligent in this application. Do not be slothful or lazy in it. Because if I become lazy or slothful, the fullness of it's not going to come to me like God wants it to come to me. And saints, you know this today. God, I say you know this, I hope you know this. God wants his word and his promises at work in our lives more than you and I even want to go after them. He's wanting to reveal himself to us. He's wanting to show himself strong in our lives. He's wanting to bring to you the blessing and the remuneration to us even more than we're wanting to go after it. Jay, will you go back and get my water for me, if you would, please? You know what was that? He, God's wanting to do this in our lives more than we even want to do it. So that's why it's important that we add to our faith these things by giving all diligence. Amen. Everyone say it again. Say, I am diligent. I am diligent. I want you to say it again, even if you feel like maybe you haven't been. I hope you don't feel that way. Thank you. Thank you very much. I am diligent. Amen. So what I want to talk to you in the remaining time we have today is I want to talk about ways that you and I can be diligent. Ways that we can be diligent. Now, number one, you've got to put the kingdom of heaven first. Turn to Matthew 6, 33. Matthew 6 and verse 33. When you and I are diligent 
or we're giving all diligence, we are going to put God's word first place in our lives. We're going to do that. That's not going to be something that you say, oh, that would be an afterthought or a side thought. No, when you and I put his word first, then that, that's, that's a place and a point where we're being diligent in our application. Now, all of you know this scripture. I don't have to, uh, we could even quote this, but the 33rd verse says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things shall be added unto you. All the blessings, all the provisions, all that God has done for us in Christ Jesus will be added to us as we do what, saints? Seek first the kingdom of heaven. Now, it requires diligence to do this. I mean, it requires diligence to do first things first, even in natural life. How many of you have a family? You have children, husband, wife, children, things like that. If you take care of your family, that, that, that requires diligence, does it not? I mean, you have to put things in proper order, not only from the standpoint of how you interact, husband and wife, and with children, but then financial things come into play, job situations come into play, even coming to Rama, even coming to these classes, you have to put things in a prioritized order so that the family doesn't suffer and yet you can gain the benefit of your training and the teaching that comes here, amen? So we do these things in the natural as far as putting things in first place in proper order. Why should we not do these things spiritually, amen? So seek ye... First, the kingdom of heaven, or kingdom of God, and his righteousness. And all these other things are going to be what? Added unto you. Again, diligence. Seeking first God is one of the ways, and really, really the primary way, that you are diligent, or we're diligently seeking him, or we're giving all diligence, as we read there in Second Peter. So I want to ask you today, I don't want you to answer out loud, I want you to answer this in your heart. How many of us have put God first? I mean, really put him first place in our lives. You answer that inwardly, amen? Because it's possible, now listen to me here, it's possible to come and sit in these classes and God not be first place in our lives. I won't go into detail on that, I'll just let the Holy Spirit minister to you today, but it's possible. So how many of us, and I'm speaking to me as well, um, I'm not just talking to you, I'm talking to myself as well. How many of us have really put first the kingdom of God? That's one of the, the, the primary factors in diligent, diligence and being a diligent person is seeking first the kingdom. So I'm not going to move on from that yet. I'm going to let that kind of sink in because we need to, we need to consider these things. We need, we, need to, we need to really weigh ourselves out where we're at first with God. In other words, uh, just a quick example, I'm not, a, not being selfish in my time toward God. I see to it that I prioritize my time. I give God the first part even of my time. And if that means that I can't sleep as much or I can't do some of the other things that I might enjoy doing, I do not let that inf- affect me and influence me. I put those things aside and I seek First, the kingdom. Everybody with me? You understand what we're saying today? So to be a diligent person, or to be a person of diligence, and especially in living by faith, and it requires diligence, I've got to put and seek first 
the kingdom of heaven. Now, let's, let's, let's go into a, a couple of other here things as well. I could say more about that, but time requires that we move on. Number two, when you and I are a diligent person, that means that we're not going to be slothful. Slothful. Turn to Hebrews 6 and verse 12. Hebrews 6 and verse 12. When I'm seeking first the kingdom of God, I am not going to be a person that is slothful. Now, now what does that mean? When I say slothful, what does that mean? Lazy. Lazy. We talked about it a little bit already. Let's read the word here, and then we'll get into a few more definitions. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 12. I still hear a few pages, so I want everybody to get there. I mean, let me give you a little story real quick. When I went to Rama, I graduated in 1991 in USA. We were turning the pages, and one day one of my instructors felt like we were turning too slowly. Now, I don't feel that way today. I'm just giving this little story. So he told us, the, the instructor stopped everyone from turning. He said, now, let me tell you this. Rama students are quick. So he got our attention. He said, everybody say that. Say, Rama students. Are quick. So what he wanted us to do, this was uh, one of our male teachers, he said, we, when you say turn to a scripture, he said, don't be slow about it. He said, get there. He said, fan them pages, get there. Because he had so much in him he wanted to give us, he didn't want to take any time to let those pages turn. He wanted you to get there so he could keep talking, keep on rolling, amen? Now, I'm not saying that to you today because I want you to do that. I just wanted to, anyway, that's a story. <laughs> but rainbow students are quick, amen. Hebrews 6 and verse 12 said, that you be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience do what? Inherit the promises. Now, let me change, I say change, or let me give you a, another word here for inherit that I want you to see. Just use the word experience. Let's use the word experience. So, so we are not slothful. But we are followers of them who through faith and patience experience the promise. And that's what we want. We want to experience God. Amen. Once again, it's good to hear sermons about God and everything. And, 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 and don't misunderstand why I'm saying that. I don't just say hear it and do anything with it. But I want to come to the point and place in my life where what God has done for me through Jesus, I am experiencing that. I'm having the benefit of it. I'm having the provision of it. What God intended for me to have as Jesus hung on that cross and he died for me, I want that working in my life. Amen? So to do that, that takes us coming to a point and to a place of experience. Amen? So that through faith and patience, we not only inherit, but we can say that we do what? Experience the promises. Now notice this, that you be not slothful. That word slothful here means to be tardy. It means lazy, as we've already said. It also means indolent, and it means irksome. Now, the bottom line is, though, just what you said to me a few minutes ago, when someone is slothful, they're just lazy. Now, have you ever been, and don't answer this out loud either, okay? Because I know the answer for myself is yes. Have you ever been a lazy Christian? Now, you answered out loud. So you put your own self on the spot there. I didn't ask. I didn't. Okay. No, we all have been lazy, have we not? In other words, how are we lazy? Well, we know we need to read the Word. Or we feel the Spirit of God drawing us 
to read the Word and spend time with Him. And what do I want to do? Do I want to sleep or turn on the TV or do something else? Okay, we've all been there. Maybe the Holy Spirit has impressed you to come and spend more time in prayer or just come to your normal, regular prayer time. But we let other things influence us and distract us and keep us away. And if we develop that pattern, then what, what am I being? Slothful. I'm being lazy. Amen. And we want to guard against that because living by faith requires diligence. If you and I are going to live by faith, it requires that diligence be a part of our life. So slothful here means tardy, it means lazy, it means indolent, it means irksome like we said. And as the Bible here says, don't be this way, but how are we to be? Look at what the scripture says. But to be what? Followers. That word followers there is an imitator. Now, when you imitate someone, that means you have to look at them. You have to observe them. You have to, to take time to study them, as it were. And it's more than just a casual glance. It's more than just a momentary look. In, in, you may have these type of people in uh, Nigeria, but in the United States we have people who are impressionists. And what they do is they can fashion their voice to sound like someone else. You know what I'm talking about? Everyone know what I mean? And people that do that and get good at that spend many hours watching that person and looking at what they do and following their mannerisms and practicing so that when they come to that point where they're before people, they're able to cause their voice to be just like those others that they're imitating. They have become a what? An imitator of that person. Amen? And this wasn't done just in a few minutes. It was done over a period of time, giving diligence to that, okay? Now, that's a natural example, but let's think about it here. It says to, don't, to not be or don't be slothful, but followers or imitators of those who through faith and patience. Now, hold on. Don't go too fast. Faith, we're living by faith. We have that mandate. From God, amen. We're living by faith, so we're imitators and followers of those who live by faith and patience. And as we do that, we inherit, or what's the other word we put there? We experience the promises. Now, saints of God, when you begin to experience the pages of this book coming to life in your life, you talk about an excitement level generating in you, amen. When you begin to receive what God has done for you, you begin to have that peace of God flood in your life. You begin to have the provision of God come into your life. You begin to have the blessing of God come over your family. Oh, it begins to generate excitement in your life. Hallelujah, amen. And I say it like this all the time back home in America. I don't have to live like I used to live. Hallelujah. Amen. I don't have to give place to that old life. I don't have to give place to laziness. I don't have to be slothful in my walk with God. Why? Because I'm walking in a new and a living way. Hallelujah. That old way was dead. Oh yes, I was breathing. I was existing. But that old way is dead. I'm alive in God. Hallelujah. And I can experience God. Amen. And he wants me to experience him more than I have a desire to come after. He wants that more. I'm not saying we don't have a desire. But his 
desire and his want for us is greater than even our desire to go after it. Amen. Why? Because he wants all people to be saved, to come into the knowledge of the truth, and he wants us to experience him. Amen. Now, in order to do this, we've got to be diligent, and we're not going to be slothful. Do not allow laziness to enter into our lives. Now, let's look at another verse along these lines. Go to Matthew. Matthew 25. And I'm just going to pick out one verse for time here today because I have some other things I want to get to. Now, I won't be able to give you this message in, in the fullness of it, but I'm going to give it to you in, in capsule form and we'll let the Holy Spirit, who is the great teacher, he is the teacher of the church, is he not? I mean, he is the one who reveals God's word unto us. He can take it from there, and as you have your other classes, he can help us to continue to grow. Amen? So one verse here, I want to talk to you here about the parable of the talents. All of you familiar with the parable of the talents, how that Jesus talked about the master who was going away, and he gave one five, one two, one one. I believe I'm right on that. Five, two, and one. Am I? No. So the one who had five, he took it, gained five others. So he was diligent in what he did. The one who had two, he took those two, he gained two, he was diligent. But what about the one who got the one? He was slothful, was he not? Amen. Look with me here, uh, let's just read three verses here, 24, 25, and 26. Verses 24, 25, and 26 out of Matthew 25. It says, Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew that thou art a hard man, reaping where thou had not sown, and gathering where thou had not strawed. And I was afraid. Fear. Now, that's, we, 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 we got into some hindrances this morning. I said we got into one hindrance. We talked about doubt and unbelief in the last session. But fear is another hindrance to your faith. Fear is a hindrance. It can cause your faith to be weak and to be powerless in there. The man said, I was, what? Afraid, and went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast that is thine. The way it sounds to me, he didn't even get the talent out of the earth. It was time to come and reckon with his master, but he didn't even dig it up as it were. He left it where it was at, did he not? Now look how the master answered him. Because he didn't do anything with what was given to him. He says, the Lord answered in verse 26 and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knewest that I reap where I sowed not and gather where I had not strawed. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchangers. And then at my coming I should have received mine own with usury or with interest. Now notice the point I'm trying to get across to you. This last servant was not diligent in anything. He, out of fear, just took it and buried it so that at least he wouldn't lose it. And when the master came back, he would have for him, okay? Now, let's not be like that wicked servant. Don't take all this wonderful teaching that you have. And I don't say wonderful from the standpoint of me saying it to you. It's wonderful because of God. It's his word, amen? Don't take this teaching that you've been receiving and be slothful with it. And each of us have to guard against this. This is not just something I'm saying to you and I have no responsibility on myself. No, I have responsibility as a minister to live what I preach to you. 
I can't just preach these words to you and then go live my life in a slothful way, in a slothful condition. No, that, that, what power is going to be in that? That's not being an imitator. That's just being a reciter, just, just a parrot is all that's being. No, we want to experience these promise, promises, so we got to guard and always be on watch against slothfulness, against laziness. I want you to say, I am not, I am not a lazy Christian, lazy Christian. but I am, I am an imitator, imitator of those, those who through faith and patience, faith and patience experience, experience the promises. Hallelujah, amen. Now that changes the whole perspective. That changes the whole picture. You begin to experience the promises of God because you're living by faith and you're diligent at it and because you have received the mandate of God to live this way, it changes everything in your life. You're not only just born again now and in the kingdom of God, but now, now you are a force to be reckoned with. You are a force in the earth, or let me say it like this, you are a light in the earth, you are a living testimonial to the goodness of God and the life of God and to the power that you've been born of. We are living testimonials, living by faith when we come to this point and to this place. Now, every Christian's not in that point, in that place, but those who are diligent are. Amen. Now, the number one thing we're doing is we're seeking first the kingdom of God. Number two, we're not being lazy. Say, I'm not a lazy Christian. Now, number three here today we want to talk about is pressing in. Is that the bell? Somebody go, whoever's bonging that bell, go hit them in the head for me. As only kid, you didn't have to ring it twice. I'm sorry. All right, pressing in. Go with me to Philippians. I've got to hurry here now. Pressing in. Philippians chapter 3. Look with me in verse 10. Whew. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's just lift our hands and praise God. Father, we thank you today. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you for the word of God. Amen. The anointing of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Stay on guard, students. The Lord is wanting to speak something into your lives right now. The Spirit of God is here to write something upon the tablets of our heart. Amen. So be aware. Be open right now. Amen. Hallelujah. Verse 10 says that I may know him. The word know there means to experience. That I may experience him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect or mature, but we're growing. We're on the way there, amen. We're going to that place, amen. But we haven't gotten there yet, and we won't ever arrive to the fullness of that until we get to heaven itself. But we can always be going higher. Always be coming to that place higher and higher. So not that we had already attained, either were already perfect. Let me find my place now. But I follow after, if that I may apprehend that, for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. I forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark. For the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus. Now notice, I press. 
I'm moving forward. I'm going toward it. Amen. I'm guarding against distractions. I'm not allowing them to have any influence in my life. I am diligent or I am persevering in my application of God's word. Not walking by sight as we talked about earlier this morning. Not allowing my feelings to have any say in this whatsoever. Because what my feelings tell me is going to be opposite of what faith tells me in the word of God. But I'm going toward it. Amen. And I don't let any distraction hold me back or keep me from this place that I need to be in. I am pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Now there's two parts to press. There are two parts you have to do to press, as the scripture says. They're in that verse right above it. Number one, you got to forget those things that are behind. Forget that old way of life. Forget sins, past sins and things you've done, if you have received forgiveness of them. Now, if you've, if, you've been in, if you've sinned or you've been living a life of sin, then you need to go to God and confess that sin. I know everybody don't like to talk about sin. I understand that. But it's, we have to say these things. Amen. You know, if you've been giving place to sin, you've got to stop. You've got to quit. You've got to get that out of there. Amen. You've got to take care of that. Okay. Now, once we go to God, let's say that I have sinned. The Bible tells me in 1 John 1, 9, that if I confess my sin, he is faithful and just to forgive me of that sin and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Amen. Praise God. Now, once I have confessed it, once God has forgiven me, once I am cleansed, then God has erased that. God even has no more memory of that transgression. Hallelujah. If God doesn't remember it anymore, then I don't need to remember it. Now Satan will come along and try to remind you of that. He, 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 he likes to have all these pictures of old past things we've done. You know what I'm talking about? We, we have a, on our camera in the States, it's called a Polaroid. Used to be the Instamatic. Everything's digital now. But this camera used to be you would punch the button and the thing would, the picture would slide out and you take hold of the picture and wait for a minute and there you got the picture. It was, it's called an Instamatic. They don't even realize. Back then, we thought that was instant. <laughs> we were way behind, are we not? I mean, they were way behind on that day. Now, But Satan likes to use those pictures because he'll remind you of something you've done in the past that you have taken to God, that you have received forgiveness of, something that God's not even having any memory of whatsoever. But he likes to hold you in bondage with that past mistake or failure, or a missing of the mark. And I say he pulls those Polaroids out of his pocket when he's talking, now what about this? You remember that? You remember that? What about, you remember that? You know, he does that too. Have you ever had him do that to you? You know, it's not a picture out, but he's bombarding our minds. And if we're not diligent and, and, and careful there to watch over that, we can begin to think back about that. And what that'll do, it is cause us to not be pressing. In other words, it will hinder our advancement forward because when you're pressing, you're moving forward. Okay. So the number one thing about pressing is you got to forget. Now remember, take care of sin. Let's, let's, let's walk according to the word of God. Amen. But once I've done that, then I'm going forward. That old way of life is done. So forgetting those things which are where? Behind. Those things that are behind me. They're, they're done. They're gone. I've taken care of them by the word, they're gone. Forgetting those things and, number two, reaching. Reaching, I'm reaching. When I'm reaching, that means I'm stretching. 
Once again, that means I'm advancing toward God. All of this is a part of living by faith and being diligent. I'm reaching forth for those things which are where? In front, out in front of me. As a matter of fact, let me read it again so I say it right. Verse 13. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before me. Hallelujah. Think about all the promises of God. Think about every good thing God has done for us in Christ Jesus. Think about the things that you have experienced, but yet think about how God wants to magnify those experiences and multiply those experiences and bring his fullness to us. Amen. You know, we've enjoyed a great level of God's blessing and a great level of God's presence, but you know, there's more in God. Oh, there's more. God is inexhaustible. There is more in God. And you and I can begin to experience that and go higher in that if we will forget and reach. That's all a part of our pressing forth in Him. Hallelujah. Can I get an amen today from you? Amen. Amen. Praise God. So we're not slothful, but we're pressing in. And again, to press in in the way that the Word teaches us, we are forgetting and we're reaching. I'm reaching. Say, I'm reaching today. I'm reaching. Amen. Oh, there's so much in God, and I'm reaching. I, I liken it like this sometimes. If you're a kid, you ever climb trees, and sometimes you want to go to the highest branch, you know, just keep on climbing. Amen. I'm reaching. What are you doing? Reaching for that next branch. I'm reaching for that next blessing. I'm reaching for that next promise. Amen. I'm going higher and higher and higher in God. Hallelujah. Why? Because I'm living by faith, and living by faith requires you and I to be Diligent. It requires that. If you and I are going to be a person that lives by faith, then diligence is a part of my life. All right. We've talked about seeking first the kingdom of God. We've talked about not being lazy or not being slothful. We've talked about pressing in. Now, you realize I wish I had more time. We could go into other things about these, okay? But I'm just trying to give it to you in capsule. And like I said, the Holy Spirit can take it then and begin to expand it. And then last and certainly not least... We need to draw nigh unto God. Now James 4.8 talks about this, drawing nigh. Let me read it to you very quick here. It says, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Drawing nigh. Fellowshipping with God, getting before Him and reading His Word. Saints, I know you know this today, but just reading God's Word, just sitting down and taking time to read the precious Word of God, you are fellowshipping with God when you do this. Fellowship with Him. Draw nigh to Him. Incorporate your prayer time into that reading of the Word as well. Incorporate your studies you're doing for the, for the school here. I know you have required reading that you must do. You have preparation for tests. See, all of this is a part of your fellowship with God or your drawing nigh unto him all of it works hand in hand each part and each place is important none of it is unimportant it is all a part of our living by faith it's all it's all joined into that so we draw nigh unto god and he will do what to us he draws nigh unto us and then last and certainly not least hebrews 4 and verse 16 and i will sit down verse 16 says let us therefore come boldly Unto the throne of grace, that you may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. The grace of God, the grace that we need to live life, comes to us, class, as we are living by faith and diligent in 
those things that pertain to this life. Amen. Hallelujah. And the word of God expounds these things to us. The Holy Spirit works in connection with that so that we can uh, continue to go higher and go to that place that God has for us. And all of it comes to fullness. All of it comes to fruition as we give place to being diligent in our walk with God. Hallelujah. For more information and inquiries, please visit our website www.remanigeria.com or you can reach us on 08100163948 or 08076576163.